If you've ever seen duck on the menu of a California restaurant, chances are that duck came from Reichart Duck Farm in Petaluma. This farm supplies all sorts of dining establishments, from Michelin star restaurants like the French Laundry to Chinatown storefronts. In 2014, the Sheriff's Department raided the farm in response to horrific undercover footage. But ultimately, authorities would decide to prosecute the activists seeking to save the sick and dying animals, rather than the duck farm committing the atrocities. This week on the Astrology of Terrible Things podcast, I talk with my sister, Dr. Crystal Heath, about the more than 120 years of history around this Northern California duck farm responsible for supplying abused and diseased birds to restaurants all over the Golden State. Join us as we find out what the stars say about disease, deception, and the law. Welcome to the Astrology of Terrible Things podcast with me, Carly Heath, and today I'm continuing the doppelganger theme. Last week, I had my cosmic doppelganger, Southern Hemisphere Carly, on the show, and this week, my biological doppelganger, my twin sister, Dr. Crystal Heath, is joining us. If we could somehow manifest Beyonce coming on the show, then I'd have my astrological doppelganger, and we'd have the complete doppelganger trifecta, but... Beyonce's busy, but we'll see if we can manifest her at some point. Dr. Crystal Heath is a veterinarian and co-founder of Our Honor, an organization that empowers veterinarians to speak up about ethical concerns within their industry. Dr. Heath garnered worldwide attention after a Freedom of Information Act request revealed the USDA and agriculture industries coordinated efforts to discredit her and portray her as a dangerous animal rights activist. Recently, she made Vox's 2023 Future Perfect 50 list, which recognizes individuals working in and on solutions to today's biggest problems. This week, we're continuing to cover terrible things that have happened and discuss the archetypal themes around those terrible things. And we're covering over a century of history around a Northern California duck farm. And the animal cruelty at this factory farm has been documented in a number of videos, I think since 2014, right? Mm -hmm. And there's been some recent court cases and verdicts. Just a reminder to everyone, this podcast comes with all the trigger warnings. So usually I tell people we talk about death. And if that's something that you don't want to hear about, then please don't listen to the show. But adding an extra special layer of trigger warning for animal abuse, we're not going to go into anything graphic, but we're just going to talk about the existence of animal abuse in this story. And didn't this, the, this action and the whole kind of controversy around the duck farm, wasn't it a 911 episode? Of Fox, yeah, it kind of reached the zeitgeist that way. Yeah. And, and there, it was kind of ridiculous because the activists who were involved were all like diverse people of color. Mm -hmm. And then on the 911 episode where the group that went into the duck farm was called Rage Against the Cage, mm -hmm. that was what they named them. Mm -hmm. um, it was all white people, right? Yeah. They, they had all white actors. Um, so it just kind of goes to show that, the, it, it, I don't even know where to begin with that, but uh the whitewashing of activism is a thing as well. That is a, an archetypal theme in this case. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, 
Uh, I haven't, you know, I, I do like to follow animal rights stuff. I haven't been following this particular case very closely, um, but you have. So I'll ask you kind of a bunch of questions and we'll kind of take the general audience through the story. I did do a little research before this. There, there was an ABC7 story and that said, basically, if you order duck at any restaurant or you see them, you see ducks hanging at like a Chinatown storefront. Chances are they came from this, how do you pronounce it? Reichart? Reichart. Yeah. And anyone from um, places in Chinatown to your fanciest Michelin three-star restaurants, Um, the French Laundry, uh, Thomas Mm. Calvin, they sell these ducks under the other brand, Liberty Duck Farm. And the Liberty Ducks get to live three weeks longer than the Reichardt Ducks. So yay for them. And there's anywhere between 200,000 and 300,000 ducks at this farm at any given time. Yes. And they slaughter them on the site. Yeah. I, so I personally have a connection to ducks because I had a duck for 10 years, my duck ginger. And I can say that ducks are as personable and intelligent and affectionate and sassy and unique individuals as dogs or cats. Do you have any personal experience with ducks? They are wonderfully lovely animals. Um, I, I do like ducks better than a lot of human beings. They are extremely smart. Um, and it's really sad to think about all of these ducks who are raised in this factory farm in these buildings, no access to water. Most of them are living on wire, these wire grates. Um, The Liberty Duck Farm ducks do get shavings though, so that's good. And they can go outside maybe in theory, Um, but the, the Mercy for Animals investigation came about you know, somebody was working there and filmed what was happening in that duck farm. And it was standard industry stuff. They're searing their beaks off. They are um, handling them roughly. Um, There are some that are very sick and dying and they slaughter them on site. So there's footage of them, you know, lifting the ducks up by the feet, hanging them on the slaughter lines. And then they're they're moved down the slaughter lines, electrified in a water bath. Um, You know, some of the ducks lift their heads up and miss and then the workers have to slit their necks in other ways. It's it's just a horrible, gross situation. When I had Ginger, my duck, uh, I, I remember going through a lot of effort to make sure that she always had a pond every day and that she would, uh, I you know, I would spend a lot of time cleaning out the pond every single day and and she would have her, you know, several times a day little pond bath and then she'd clean out her feathers and shake her tail and make her little happy quack noises and then you know she had like a lot of different vocalizations like the vocalizations for like I want attention uh or I'm really happy and I make my my little squeak squeak noise and my little like where's my friends at noise um so I just I have a hard time imagining what it's like for a duck that doesn't have access to water Um, and that doesn't have, they spend all their day grazing grass too, and searching for bugs and the, yeah, the video I saw was pretty terrible. They're living on wire floors and their feet are very, very sensitive. So I, she, 
when she came from the animal shelter, she was living on just cement. And so she got the, uh, the bumblefoot. And so I had to soak her feet until the, her feet got better. And that was just concrete. So I can imagine like how bad their feet would get on like a wire floor that they can't walk around on. Yeah, no, and it was really bad. And they have these, a lot of diseases in, in this farm too. One was rumorella. That's like a neurologic disease. And some of the rescue ducks were treated, you know, they, they rescued several ducks, they sent them away and they were treated and they, they required extensive treatment for the various diseases that they had. And, and luckily a lot of them lived for a, a while, you know, happy, but many of them died even despite really good treatment. And an interesting thing about ducks is, which we'll go into later, is they they do harbor diseases that don't necessarily kill them like um, chickens do. One of them is avian influenza, especially highly pathogenic avian influenza, which we will talk about later, but ducks can have that and not die from it. So they pose a threat to the surrounding birds in the area because they can have it and they can shed it. And in this duck farm, particularly, um, there's a lot of wild birds. Like I've never seen an area so rich in diverse bird populations. They have turkey vultures. They have regular turkeys, wild turkeys roaming around. All of the little farms have their own little chickens and they have geese and there's uh, one neighbor who has a couple of ponds and she has these beautiful white swans that are like wild swans like who has white wild swans but here in this area they have white wild swans and so the ducks can like harbor avian influenza and then spread that to the surrounding bird wildlife and also people's pet bird populations yeah absolutely and Think of 200,000 genetically similar ducks in a facility like that in contact with wild birds and human beings. It's the perfect environment to spread this disease, to cause mutation and spread it like wildfire. And nobody, this place could have avian influenza for months and be spreading it to the population and nobody would know until it hits another farm or until they they discover on their security cameras that activists have um, gone into the facility and then they decide suddenly, hey, let's test our ducks and see if we can blame it on the activists, which mm. might happen. Yeah. What is the history of uh, the Reichart Duck Farm? So it was founded in 1901 by the patriarch Otto Reichart, and this was in, San Francisco, and it happened to be right across the street from present day Balboa High School, if you're familiar with the area. Um, I guess it was a, officially founded in 1910 with his wife, Amelia. Then they moved to Petaluma, this two middle rock area in Petaluma in 1958, I believe I said it was. Um, this was the original auto guys. So from yeah, Otto and Donald, his son. Okay. To, uh, so Otto was probably super old at that point. I mean, yeah, we're talking, he's probably like seven, 20 when he married in 1910, maybe around that age. And then 1958, 
God, yeah. So he's ancient, dude, <laughs> at that point. Um, so yeah, and they they moved to Petaluma in 1958, and it just kind of grows and expands to there, where they're on 300 acres. It, on our records, it, it officially established as a corporation in July 1st of 1979. Okay, that's the chart that I I made a chart for that. So we'll talk about that after we get kind of the whole context of his of the history there. And then at what point did people start realizing that there's animal cruelty happening at the Reichardt duck farm? I, I found the 2014 Mercy for Animals video, which I unfortunately watched. If you guys have a stomach, watch, watch it. Uh, I definitely could only watch a few like little clips of it because it was very upsetting. Um, just seeing really, really terrible conditions. But uh, but that was the first thing that resulted in the sheriff's department going in and raiding the place. That's the first public thing. And I don't know if if neighbors maybe complained about the place before then, because if you go into the area, it's a beautiful area where the neighbors have beautiful, nice property with little farms with animals. And but it's this duck farm with they have these giant manure lagoons. It produces 200,000 gallons of poop a day. Oh my God. And it stinks in this little area bad. Um, and it, it's such a shame to like ruin this beautiful street that they're on and to have this waft over everything. And the noise too, um, I talked to some of the neighbors and, and the noise, the thing that they knew that something was up as far as like the most recent outbreak of avian flu, which we'll go into later, is they noticed the sound of the slaughtering stopped. So yeah, back in 2014 was this first thing that the first investigation, and I don't know if it was a worker who just happened to work there and and decided there was an issue. From and the story, from the news story, I watched it was an undercover Mercy for Animals investigator who went posing as a worker or like got a job there and was working there for like a, a number of a couple months and documenting while working there and then um, she handed over the video to uh, the press and also to authorities and I wonder why they decided to target this facility I wonder if if something tipped them off that this was something that they should look into or was it just because they were selling to all these fancy restaurants um and this was the, the place to go um but yeah that that was the first thing and it and it was pretty disturbing this article too they have this veterinarian who is saying no everything's fine um and i don't want to name his name but he's a beloved bird vet who volunteers his time to help birds and he basically goes in there and says yeah everything's industry standard um another veterinarian did who's a woman did have concerns and wrote them up this man though was the one who's quoted in this news article who's saying no everything's fine mm. um very mm. concerning um and yeah and it almost to me like it felt like the problem with the veterinary profession my own profession is we seem to hate activists more than we love animals and so yeah. it's oh, how dare these activists smear this farmer? You know, these are industry standard practices where it's like, how did they become industry standard? Because we just said it was okay and it shouldn't be okay. 
Yeah, having 200 to 300,000 animals of the same genetic makeup in a close proximity to each other doesn't sound like a good idea or is anything that's natural. Where they're not able to exhibit their species specific behaviors yeah. like swimming. And yeah, the wire cages, I don't see how that could possibly be okay because the uh, the wire floor, because yeah. even uh, duck's feet are so, so sensitive. I just can't, uh, yeah. Ugh. You just have to keep them alive for six weeks or nine weeks if they're the uh, Liberty Duck Farm ducks where they get to sell them to the French Laundry. If, if you guys are thinking of going to the French Laundry, definitely check out the 2014 Mercy for Animals video because it's it yeah I wouldn't want to get my food from there what have the activists done after this kind of this cruelty was exposed nothing was done about it. the sheriffs raided it but ultimately it was kind of decided oh it's not that bad even though the video footage is clearly bad like yes. it's really bad um what did the activists do at that point yeah so I guess if you have a vet willing to say that this is all fine then the cops you know pick up their stuff and go home and nobody's okay with this situation. So in 2019, um, they went back and they an, another group went back. There were subsequent investigations before that and rescues, and they staged a huge demonstration at the facility. And it, it's a shame because it's I could have seen this going so much better if things were different. I mean, we love... If you have a horrible situation, if these were dogs, we would love for hundreds of people to come and, you know, this is a sense of urgency, rescue these animals, everybody do this. And the neighbors, you know, should have been on the side of the activists because this is a really smelly place. I don't know. Did they reach out to the neighbors to get their opinion on this, to get their buy-in? Um because the neighbors were pissed at this mm. busload of people. And what was the action? So a busload of, of activists. Came, three busloads of the, activists. Okay, three busloads of activists came to the farm. And they they staged kind of a demonstration outside. A bunch of activists went to the slaughter line and actually chained their necks to the line to stop it from going. And that was the 911 episode, like this, kind of recreation of that. Yeah. This was the thing that was spooked. where they where they recreated it with white people, basically. Yeah. yeah, like doing all the bad vegan activist stereotypes where they're on their social media. There's all these emojis. People are saying these ridiculous things. Not great. Um, but they actually had a legal opinion that they could be there and rescue animals. And you know, headed by attorneys. You know, there was a veterinarian there. There was uh, somebody who did uh, EMT work. Like it was professional people leading it and then activists. Um, the optics, mm, questionable, not not very sympathetic. And th the theory is open rescue, which we love. Like if there's animals being hurt, we would love for people to go in and rescue them. Fantastic. It's all started so, in, 15, so if I can go into like the history. Of, yeah, like, so open rescue is the idea that if you see an animal that's being abused, you have the right to go in and take it. Yeah, take them to a veterinarian, make sure that they're safe. Mm -hmm. And here there's obviously many animals who are suffering and they're on their backs. They're not able to reach food and water definitely warranted in this situation. And in 1977, 
one of the most, the best cases, the first prosecuted open rescue case was two researchers at University of Hawaii, Steve and Kenny, um, were taking care of these dolphins, um, Puka and Kia. Steve actually lived at the lab and heard these two dolphins crying. They were living in a five foot tank. Mm -hmm. Finally, one day they're like, you know what? We can't put up with this anymore. These poor dolphins living in this setting. These dolphins clearly are, are just like human beings. They deserve to be out and free. And so one night they, they rescued them. They put them in the back of the VW bus oh, and wow. to the ocean and let them go. They wrote a pre little press release, um, posted it, and then, you know, gone surfing on the the chalkboard at the lab, gone surfing, Steve, Kenny, Puka, and Kia. We love it. Fantastic. So they were very, like, not hiding it. They were like, we did this. No, we did this. We took your dolphins. We took your dolphins. We, we worked there. We took your dolphins. I mean, we love, we love that. Very sympathetic case. Um, they were convicted, unfortunately. How but many, how long, how much prison time did they get? No prison time. Okay, that's good. It was probation. It was pay a fine. I would love to see this case, this trial retried in court, a reality TV show, read the transcripts, have a jury come in, like who's just regular people, listen to the case. Let's see what the new, what today's jury would say. I mean, we love it. Here, optically, some, some very problematic things perceived as a bunch of activist people coming in from the city who don't really know what they're talking about. Some good things with the lawyers and the veterinarian, that's good. But ultimately, what happened with this case, there were like 70 people arrested. Mm -hmm. uh, they, the cops came full riot gear, um, really scary. Like the, it looked, the police looked unhinged, quite mm. frankly. Like these are peaceful activists, vegans. Vegans aren't about violence in any way. Why are you bringing in like riot teams with your full outfits mm. and everything? It seems a little crazy. The, the activists were arrested. They're very much played in the on the activists' favor. The police come across as unhinged. People are just rescuing animals. Why are you doing this? Why are you oppressing these, these activists? A bunch of people got their charges dropped. Over time, several activists took plea deals. Then it, it came down to the end here and um, things got a little messy. This this group, they, they get messy. There's a, there's a lot, of, lot of bad things. One of the activists had her defense funding pulled. How many people ended up going to trial? And then like, what were the outcomes of the trial for? So basically these activists went in, um, they did a demonstration. Did some activists like take ducks that were injured? They took ducks that were injured. Ultimately in the end, only one person went to trial. And that person was an attorney who represented himself pro se, which he tried to do previously with pretty much the same result. And so here's the thing when you represent yourself pro se, you are the defendant and you're also the attorney. It's really, really difficult because if your attorney, if you have somebody representing you who's saying what a good person you are, that you're trustworthy, that's a different feel than when you're the defendant and you're telling, trying to tell the jury that you're a good person and they should believe you. And also when you have to aggressively question somebody and get to the truth. It's it's also really messy if you're coming across as somewhat manipulative. If you're doing that 
to do your best job for your defendant and you're not the defendant, it's a good, it's fine. We love it. But when you're the defendant and you're coming across as manipulative or self-serving, it's really not a good look. And in both cases, when this person's representing himself pro se, same verdict, guilty, um, except on one charge that was Reichart, the conspiracy charge was a hung jury. And ultimately the judge ended up dro just dropping that charge. The jury deliberated for a long time. I mean, I don't know exactly how many days I have to look it up, but it was many, many days. There were probably heated arguments. Um, immediately he was sent away in handcuffs, which was surprising. It was a nonviolent crime. Why are you taking this person away in handcuffs? Very strange. Was ultimately sentenced to 90 days in jail. But in California, it's half time. So it's 45 days. He'd already spent the 30-ish days in jail um, awaiting sentencing. So that's time served. So two more weeks after that and good to go. And then two years probation where he can't talk to his co-conspirators. So that's the deal. But on the day of sentencing, which I don't know if you have any astrology around this whole thing, but was it November 2nd? Yeah, that was the same day Sam Bankman-Fried was yes. convicted. And I remember that was an astrologically significant day because, yeah, that was the sun moving into an opposition with Jupiter and the moon was in Cancer. And then uh, Venus was moving into an opposition with Neptune. So what does that mean? Oh, so, so I would say the big the big story there, though, is uh, the sun opposite Jupiter. So Jupiter is the planet that deals with the law and justice. Uh, Jupiter being retrograde. Um, law and justice is not doing its best work. <laughs> um, uh, the sun is usually an authority figure and... Uh, so uh, the conviction of a, an authority figure and especially he, so here's the thing this was happening during a season or during kind of a month when the sun and mars were moving together in the sky a good way to put it is when the sun and mars are close together in the sky when the sun rises on the horizon Mars also rises on the horizon with it so Mars is always there in the first house during the day and when in a day chart, it, according to the rules of astrology, uh, Mars is the most malefic planet. So basically, whenever Mars and the sun are moving together in the sky, that means everyone is waking up and choosing violence. Oh, and wow. So, so you might have noticed that there was genocide happening. There was major wars. There was major conflicts. Yeah. Uh, just me as someone who rides my bike to work, I've witnessed a lot of aggression from people in the car, in their cars, driving to work um, as the sun is rising, uh, people on the sidewalks, walking their dogs aggressively. Um, so that's just, a, that's a good, really good, easy astrological thing to just pay attention to, especially if you're someone who gets up early and watches the sunrise. Uh, you might notice when the sun and Mars are moving together, people are waking up and choosing violence. Yeah. And so at that point, um, the sun is also, you know, was moving moving into an opposition with Jupiter. And so contacts with Jupiter always have to do with the law. So you're mm -hmm. gonna see a lot of legal stuff happening, yeah. being exposed, and it's not going to necessarily be the law's best work.
Yeah. So how, when is this, this sun and Mars thing happening? What, um, oh, it, this was happening in November. And now at this point now, mm, no, yeah, uh, the sun and Mars are still moving together. They're in, they're in Sagittarius now. So people are still uh, waking up and choosing violence. And these, the sun and Mars are going to be moving together for a little while. This was actually something I was looking at because someone was asking me, when is it going to get better? And I'm like, mm, yeah, I mean, basically mid-January, we're going to be dealing with this Mercury retrograde coming up really soon. So that's going to make the holidays terrible for everyone. We have right now we're dealing with Venus and Scorpio, where Venus is not doing her best work. So everyone is is kind of talking to needs to get a check in from Mars if all, all the planets need to check in with Mars first and Mars is during the daytime just just making people mad there's just not going to be good times uh this holiday season for anyone when and did Mars and the sun start moving together when did, did that start in November or well that- you might have been been noticing that you've been having a bad time pretty much since your birthday because we've both entered our seventh house year which deals with one-on-one relationships and our seventh house is ruled by Mars which is the most malefic planet in our chart so I have just personally noticed, well, I've personally gotten a lot of rejections on my work. Um, I've personally uh, gotten, you know, went from a summer of everyone being unified around a common goal to breakdowns in harmony. Yeah, pretty much around the end of September, when the sun moved into Libra, the sun and Mars have been pretty much like hanging out there really close together. And they will be all the way until January. Hmm. I mean, I, there's been a lot of good things that have happened and, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, a lot of stuff I've thrown against the walls and just not, not, nothing <laughs> working. I, a lot of good new friendships that I've made mm-hmm. that are really good. A lot of people have gone away, which yeah. is breaking always. Yeah. So it's a, a mixed bag. I noticed things started going wonky in like May personally that corresponded with the Hollywood strikes and uh that so there was that that uh Mercury retrograde that kicked off the Hollywood strikes um there was also this Pluto going into Aquarius and then uh going back into Capricorn there was the whole Venus retrograde which was a huge part of the Hollywood strikes as well. So it was kind of like this Mercury retrograde that kicked off the writer strike in May. And then there was the Venus re- retrograde, which kicked off the actor strike. So that Venus retrograde really lasted a long time, just the shadow period. So for any, for everyone who, anyone who is like really wanting, wanting to move things forward creatively, you know, even those people who are like, I want to get stuff done creatively during the strikes, they weren't really feeling like, like they were able to make progress on their beautiful artistic creations that they were working on behind the scenes. Um, and Venus retrograde is also just, a dis- a, it's not a harmonious time. You learn a lot, but it's not a oh, harmonious time. The things that I have learned are yeah. phenomenal. Um, so I did pull up the key dates around the Reichart duck farm uh, in, so the founding in 1901, we don't have an exact date. So 
I'm just looking at outer planets to see what's happening there. And I noticed that the North Node was in Scorpio. So when I talk about the nodes, the nodes move through signs every 18 months. And uh, it takes like about 18 years for the nodes to return to where they were in the sky. Um, and the nodes tell us where the eclipses will be in. So four times a year, there's an eclipse where the path of the moon and the sun uh, hit these points in the sky. Um, and the shadow of the earth being between the sun and the moon will either create a lunar eclipse, which makes the moon looks li like it gets kind of covered over really quickly. Um, sorry, the sun looks like it gets covered over really quickly, or the sun will pass, uh, the moon will pass in front of the sun, which makes the sun look like it, it goes out really quickly. And so that's probably one of like the biggest astrological events, because this has been documented for thousands of years. And it's usually associated with a, um, a big change that occurs in a life, uh, a chart, you know, for if you're a king, eclipses at key points in your chart are usually associated with assassination and things and, you know, losing power and things like that. Um, when they're in Libra and Aries, uh, they are about war and peace. So, and it's about the balance of karma. And so sometimes you will see karma uh, coming back or leaving, like, you know, justice being served or not being served. Um, in this case, uh, right now, the South Node is in Libra. So we're going to see less harmony and less peace for the next until the node shift sign and more war and more aggression and more fighting and killing um, because the North Node is in Aries. And so you might see the bad guys winning more uh, in the next little while um and you'll see peace and harmony losing out uh for the next little while yeah so that reminds me of on november 30th at the sentencing police plainclothes police officers were in the crowds and grabbed three activists who yeah. entered um the duck farm um, a couple of weeks earlier, and they had released a video on November 2nd, at the day of the, of the verdict, um, showing that they had gone back and the duck farm still was committing criminal animal cruelty. And, and now I'm really worried for these activists, just the, 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 the mood, it seems yeah. very oppressive right now. Um, and I, I'm worried for them. Um, yeah, because it's uh, it definitely does seem like the the law enforcement is not going after the farm that is committing the animal cruelty, but is going after the activists who are exposing the animal cruelty. Yeah, uh, that is a huge big shift, really, from like the kind of law and justice stuff we saw last year, where where um, juries found the defendants not guilty uh, because they found that, oh, no, there was animal cruelty happening here. The activists had a right to save the animals. Yeah. Um, it seemed like during this trial, I just saw it from the periphery. I wasn't following it really closely, but it seemed like a lot of the evidence around the animal cruelty wasn't allowed to be brought into the trial. 
Yeah. And that's been the case in the past, but in the past, when that didn't happen, um, the jury was like, what are they trying to hide? Like it, it worked in their favor, mm-hmm. but this time it didn't work in their favor. Yeah. So oh. I would, I would really say that, you know, something else that's kind of happening over this year is one that, that Libra Aries nodal shift, the North node being an Aries, the, um, the sun and Mars moving together, people are waking up and being aggressive and choosing violence. Uh, you know, for the last little bit, there's been that Mercury and Sagittarius. People are paranoid. People are not thinking clearly. Um, it's just, there's a whole bunch of planetary things that are just like, you're not going to get justice being served right now, not for a little while. Um, and really, while well, well, the North Node is in Aries, we're not going to get what we need out of people. Yeah. I mean, maybe we can just hope for delays in the trial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like until when, when does this all pass? Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I really, uh, I'm going to have to go through the chart to see when the nodes actually move January, February, 2025. Okay. And, and yeah, another like tragic thing that happened the activists were seen on video cameras at Reichart on November 14th. And then on November 22nd, the duck farm was diagnosed with highly pathogenic avian influenza. And they said, the producers said, oh, just on routine testing. Now, as far as I know, I've never heard of routine testing of Mm -hmm. um, farms like this. Uh, so I predict, I mean, I, I'm just throwing out ideas. They're trying to blame the avian flu on the activists, like bringing it in. Whereas yeah. the avian flu had probably been there for a really long time. And this is the first time chance they're just testing it. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. They're like, oh, let's t- probably test the ducks for all the things we can possibly test it for. So we can blame it on the activists. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And we know ducks don't die from highly pathogenic avian influenza for on many strains of this disease. So they could have been carrying it for a while. We know this duck farm is very bio insecure. Like there's lots of birds all around everywhere. There's lots of deer, feral cats in the community. And they they have a slaughter facility right there and trails right there where wildlife and cats and all the other critters can go in there and, and pick at it and, you know, spread stuff around. So there it's, it's a, crazy place. So I did uh, do a chart for in 1958, when they moved to Petaluma, and that was when the nodes were in Libra and Aries again. Um, So the Petaluma floods, 1903, the nodes were Libra and Aries. When they moved to the Petaluma location in 1958, the nodes were in Libra and Aries. I think the most important date for us, since astrology likes when you have like an exact date and time, because then you can build everything off of that. Uh, was July 1st, 1979, which was the date that they were incorporated. And um, so now we have like an actual chart. We don't have the time because um, if they have, if they do have the signing of the incorporation papers uh, that would, that, and they have like a time listed on there, that would be great. But I don't know if you, you know, it's probably that. business hours. At least it wasn't like 6am probably. Um, yeah, I don't know, but, uh, you know, some interesting things, uh, we have Venus opposite Neptune. Um, you know, Neptune is a good one to look at for disease. Um, Venus being like 
the things we enjoy, the things, you know, that we, uh, that we even eat fine dining, things like that being opposite Neptune is like, um, you know, diseased food, <laughs> you know, uh, um, we have, let's see, there's, there is this, Saturn conjunct. Let me see if this is the North Node or the South Node. Um, okay, so there is the Saturn conjunct the North Node, um, which might mean at some point Saturn is moving into a conjunction with the with the North Node, and it's it, it's interesting. It's nine eleven. The Saturn is at nine degrees and the node is at 11 degrees, um, 9-11. Sometimes numbers are meaningful. Uh, the So Saturn moves slowly, so it's going to take a while for Saturn to get there. But it kind of does indicate that maybe at some point the farm will be stopped because of death. Saturn is the, you know, the North node is kind of the direction, the karmic direction that you're going in. Saturn moving into a conjunction over the North node, uh, you know, death will off, will be the thing that stops it. Uh, last week, when we were talking about the Chilean coup, um, that was a signature of Salvador Allende's death. It was Saturn conjunct the North node. Um, so, maybe death, death of the father or death of like all the animals or. Yeah. Well, it's weird because like the farmers have been trying to get a lot of sympathy for this avian influenza outbreak where they have to kill all of their birds. And so I think like 170,000 birds were killed and then 80,000 birds are killed at sunrise, but they get reimbursed by the government, by taxpayers for the loss of their birds. I mean, I, I, I always hope though, one of these farmers would be like, okay, I'm taking my money and running and like starting a new business that doesn't involve killing animals. Like, I wish they would do that. Um, you have nice property. Why not tear it all down and build some houses and break in the dough and just retire? Um, like, why are you, why do you keep doing this? Like, this is a beautiful property. You can build so yeah. many billion dollar houses and just live off of that instead of, yeah, it's, it, it sounds like it's been like a family thing for so long. They, they probably don't even know anything else. Yeah. And that's yeah. exactly true. The entire family is into this. Um, so this is a sun and cancer uh, chart. So cancer being about nourishment, um, about feeding people. We had a Saturday, we had a cancer chart when we were talking about Salvador Allende last week. So that's interesting. Um, we have a, uh, we have Mars in Gemini. Um, and then we have, so depending on this, if this is a day chart or a night chart, see, we don't know. I'm guessing it's probably a daytime chart. I'm guessing they signed it during the daytime. So if that's the case, Mars would be the most malefic planet in Gemini, um, meaning they might be brought down by twins or, they, oh my God. <laughs> um, or the idea of uh, communication, um, you know, Gemini is communication. Gemini is uh, the mythological connotation is Castor and Pollux, 
were the were the twins. And I wonder, it almost makes me wonder if there are two sons or two children inheriting the place at some point. Yeah. But the mythology is that uh, immortality would only be, be given to one. So they shared it by like one twin would go up to Olympus and one twin would go to Hades and then they would switch places. And uh, sometimes the symbolism of Gemini in someone's chart is that there are two sides to you. There is the Castor side and the Pollock side. And one side is bright and like, look at this beautiful, like charming facade, but there's a dark side that you don't let people see. And so the Mars uh, in Gemini is, is, and it's interesting that both Mars and Venus in this chart are in Gemini. So the idea of the two sides, the Castor and the Pollock side, and are you going to show people the good side or the bad side? That so reminds me of like Liberty Duck Farm and Reichardt Duck yeah, Farm. Yeah, there you go. Place. Liberty Duck um, Farm is, but they're the same thing, but Liberty Duck Farm. Laundry ducks and the, who live, who get to live on some shavings and straw and get to live three weeks longer than the regular Reichardt mm -hmm. ducks that are sold, you know, to Chinatown. And one is, you know, sold to diners who are paying 550 a plate and the other is you know and and all all of the in between that that's very interesting and then you have like the nice little instagram page with the liberty duck farm with all of their dishes and it's interesting they never they have like one foot it one photo of the ducks and they're in this wood barn and it's still not a great photo like if you look at that you think Oh, poor ducks. But like, that's the best shot that they have for Liberty mm. Duck. For the most part, they just show delicious looking plates that look nothing like the bodies of killed animals. Interesting. Yeah, you, you do have uh, Jupiter moving into a square with Uranus. So there's this idea of technology, um, which is Mars ruled. Um, something about technology and all those Jupiter things, bigness. Um, so I wonder what technology, what role technology plays in Or like, I mean, I think of like for activists with their the obtaining footage in various technological ways. Yeah, there's kind of like this, this or desire. transition to slaughter-free forms of protein production yeah interesting yeah. but um when we actually look at the the chart of the incorporation of the oh and they're in their ninth house year right now uh according to this chart so ninth house deals with law so basically all year uh right guard duck farm is going to be dealing with law until july uh first of there's another group in litigation against them um about their, their their toxins and so some group that I forget what they're called but something to do with toxins they asked for uh, the ability to film the farm and everything and they're that's an ongoing court case um, and there's all sorts of these like blue barrels all around the property which I don't know what they they are um, I don't know if it's chlorine because they use a, a ton of chlorine in their giant lagoons because they're 200,000 
thousand gallons of poop that they produce every day. Um, so maybe they're just like chlorine tubs or something, but yeah. Hmm. Um, so I, I did pull up a chart too for the day of that activist action on their farm. And that was a Gemini new moon. Uh, did you know that? Uh, I did not know that. And what does that mean? Well, isn't the leader of the activist group a Gemini? It's true. Yeah. Um, and so I said that Gemini seems to be an important part of their chart because it both has the Mars and the Venus there. And that it's interesting that the the action happened on a Gemini new moon. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's symbolic of, you know, a new moon is a beginning a of something. So I feel like this is like the beginning for them of a longer term thing uh, that they're going to have to deal with related to the idea of the two sides. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the sun is about exposing things, about shedding light on things. The the moon being there, the moon is about uh, manifesting, bringing something from uh, the spiritual plane into the material plane, Uh, but it's also about nurturing. So it's about like emotion. It's about nurturing it's about you know and the moon is also often associated with water because it's it's tides and things like that um so i feel like like one it was kind of astrologically auspicious to probably start it on a gemini uh new moon um because it's going to be but it was also a time when this gemini new moon was opposite that neptune in reichardt's chart and Jupiter had passed over the Neptune right before this action. Um, Jupiter about truth, justice, uh, exposing things. So one, Jupiter conjunct Neptune is often sometimes associated with the spreading of disease, but it could also be, oh no, it's actually, it's a Jupiter retrograde. So that Jupiter is going to be passing back, back and forth from this chart over that Neptune during the course of this activist action and anything subsequent that that followed um, and are you talking about um 2019 and that action? so this is 2019 yeah i'm talking about that 2019 action but um that action is kind of a starting point for a bigger story so whenever we kind of have a moment like that um because i had an actual time like 10 58 was the time that the the first arrest started so I, uh, like that's great we have the snapshot now of this moment that's going to be able to tell us so much about everything that is going to be happening so it's interesting that that jupiter neptune there is giving us a hint of the disease issue that's going to be coming up mm-hmm. um also it, there's like a saturn pluto conjunction jupiter conjunction in, in when it was founded then there was a saturn jupiter conjunction in you know, in the uh, 2019, when this activist thing happened, or sorry, Saturn Pluto conjunction. Um, and then, but then that Jupiter came along in 2020 with COVID 19. There's a story there. I don't quite know what it is, <laughs> but I'm like, there's something there related to Capricorn. And Pluto is finally leaving Capricorn, you know, real soon, like next year for good, um, which is corresponding with the with the ratification of the constitution that was the last time uh saturn or uh, pluto left capricorn 
so I feel like there's going to be a big change for Reichardt Duck Farm coming up. Like so, might they close down next year? Um, the thing is, it's hard to say because I don't have like a time chart. So, but, you know, they're having a ninth house year dealing with law. You know, this kicked off so much. They're going to be having, you know, they're already having Saturn move, moving over their, their south node. So there's going to be another ending for them coming up in the, the next year or so. Um, they're going to be having their Saturn opposition real soon. Um, Saturn opposition. So Saturn is a tough planet that deals with, it, you know, it moves very slowly. It deals with beginnings and endings. Uh, you know, the parts in your life that are like really, really hard are like your Saturn return when Saturn completes its first 30 year cycle around your chart. And then, you know, between the ages of 27 and 30, that's usually like the hardest period of someone's life but then every like seven years Saturn does a check-in while it makes a little square to you it makes a little opposition to you um, so that happens like every 14 to 15 years and so that that's a real hard time uh, usually for everyone's life and so this you know this Saturn opposition is going to be happening next year for them um, that's going to be a hard time for them it's going to be, you know, that Saturn opposition is going to be making a square first to their Mars and then first next to their Venus. So that's going to be a hard time for them, too. Um, I'm seeing just a lot of difficulty for them in the next coming up year. Uh, they have been around for a long time, so they have dealt with these really, really hard transits uh, for a long time before but if they're listening i mean just it's beautiful property like you just sell your property would want to build some nice houses there you could rent them out you know continuing its income i mean i'm sure it'd be great you know and event, it's gonna take gonna like what what news is gonna come out about y'all so yeah it's gonna take a little while but eventually pluto is gonna be making a square to their natal uranus so there's gonna be like big transformative change for them. I mean, it is like, it, it looks like it's been there since 1958. One of the, well, there's a big section of barns where the roof is like, looks like it's windswept away, like mm -hmm. big holes in the roof. And like when the back part is completely dilapidated, you can just go on Google earth and see this for yourself. It's it's really gross and not good. And it's going to take a lot of money to repair all the damage. And it's like, why? Why not just sell it? You know? Yeah. And I'm also noticing like Saturn eventually too is going to be hitting an opposition to their moon, uh, which is a, a moon. The moon is an important part of their chart because it rules the sun and that sort of family business. Um, so I, it, it does, it does seem like there's hard times ahead for the farm. Yeah. And we can, we can only hope that maybe they close down or a natural disaster comes along and forces them to close. I know like in France, they France still allows foie gras, which is the force feeding of ducks for fatty liver. They, they purposefully disease the liver and, and overfeed them so that they get this really fatty liver. And it's a delicacy but obviously these ducks are very compromised and they've been like vaccinating their ducks over and over and over again 
I wonder if duck farming is just going to go away because it's, it's a disaster, like infectious disease wise, because these ducks can harbor avian influenza. Even if you vaccinate them, like they can still get it. Like, I, I don't, it just doesn't make any sense. And to be in a place where there's all of these other chicken farms, which hopefully the whole thing will go away and we're all transitioned to slaughter-free forms of nutrient production in the near future, because we can't feed 10 billion people the way that we are feeding them now. But um, yeah, I mean, it just doesn't make sense uh, anymore. The uh, the chart of the avian influenza is really interesting because, okay, uh, November 22nd, uh, mm-hmm. that was when Venus was conjunct their natal Pluto. So Pluto, the planet of disease, uh, Venus, you know, food, true. Venus and Libra is truth. Uh, so that food truth, one of my favorite hashtags, what, 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 what's your favorite hashtag? Say it again. Hashtag food truth. The truth. Yeah. Co-opted the, the slaughter industry hashtag. They used to like do hashtag food truth to, as a way to like elevate their propaganda. <laughs> and I would counter their propaganda with that hashtag. And so I, I always use that hashtag. Nice. Okay. Also get this. Mercury was conjunct their natal Neptune. Uh, so the Neptune also disease, water, Mercury, uh, the knowledge, you know, getting the information communication out there about the disease. So that's right there. Any indication so, they'd had this disease for a while. The moon that- is opposite their moon. You know, I, I kind of feel like because they have this Venus opposite Neptune in their chart, like I have a feel like feeling like they've always been diseased food. <laughs> like oh, yeah. it's uh-huh. it's just like embedded in their DNA of their uh of their the founding of their farm. Uh and also uh so it's like uh, transiting Neptune is square to their natal Venus. Yeah. So that is, they've probably been dealing with disease for a while because Neptune moves really, really slowly. So that, that Neptune squaring their Venus, that's like a transit that lasts years because it just, Neptune just moves so slow and then it retrogrades and it moves slow and it retrogrades. So it's been going back and forth over their Venus for a while. So if you are upset about the animal cruelty that's taking place at Reichardt Duck Farm, you can call and email Sonoma County District Attorney Carla Rodriguez and ask her to finally prosecute these farms for years of animal cruelty. Her number is 707-565-2311 and her email is carla.rodriguez at sonoma-county.org. And uh, Crystal, what are some other things that people can do if they are upset by the animal cruelty at these places? Well, I mean, honestly, like I am not in favor of ever calling the authorities on anybody unless somebody's like an imminent danger, which these ducks are clearly an imminent danger. Uh, so, but it's also, it's a strange thing because it's like, we've given these people social license to do this and we've rewarded them with our, with our money for years for doing this. And I think they're caught up in this system of violence. Like they're not bad people, but normal people can end up 
being a part of violent, harmful systems um, because there's no, no one pushing back uh, and saying, no, actually, this is wrong. Maybe you should invest in real estate and shut down your farm and sell your property or build houses or something like that. Do something else instead of produce food in other ways that don't involve the torture and killing of ducks. So I don't know. I have <sighs> prosecuting people for something that we said was okay. And then suddenly saying, no, it's not. No. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that, but I also think these ducks need to be rescued and should not be forced to endure this anymore. So I'm torn. But my organization, Our Honor, we are, you know, mobilizing the veterinary profession around these issues. These ducks, when the avian influenza outbreak hit, were likely killed in, in brutal ways. There's no good way to kill that many ducks quickly. Some of the methods involve putting them into containers and filling the containers with carbon dioxide and, and gassing them to death. Others involve suffocating them in foam. Other methods involve sealing up the barns and pumping in heat until the ducks die slowly over many hours. It's horrifying. And now nearly 70 million birds across the country have been affected by avian influenza and are being killed in brutal, horrifying ways. And we are paying these companies when they have to kill their birds in this way. And we have incentivized factory farming, intensive agriculture, where farmers, producers benefit from packing more and more animals into buildings and maximizing profit with the least amount of inputs. So that creates conditions where that make our food supply, current food supply, very susceptible to avian influenza outbreaks. So this is going to keep happening more and more and more unless we do something about this, unless we scale down animal agriculture and stop it. And so that's what my organization is doing. We're mobilizing veterinarians, raising awareness about this issue. Historically, veterinarians have been supportive of animal agriculture because our profession has been co-opted by these corporations who feed us propaganda and say, you know, oh, we have to do it this way. We legitimize things like confining animals in this way, de-beaking, chopping off their, their beaks and keeping ducks in places like this one veterinarian did said it's, oh, it's fine. Uh, when he's a bird vet and volunteers his time, he's saying it's fine to keep ducks on wire and not allow them to swim. So we're changing all that. Um, and we think producers like the Reichardt and many others should start producing protein using slaughter-free forms because we can't feed 10 billion people the way that we're doing now, especially when our food supply is constantly at risk of infectious disease outbreaks and um, when there's food shortages because of these outbreaks and, and food prices are increasing. Meanwhile, we're still paying these producers with our taxpayer money um, when their birds get sick and die. And so they have no risk for creating these conditions. So it's a big, it's a big convoluted thing. Um, I hope you'll join us in being part of the change and helps helping support our honor. Go to ourhonor.org. Uh, follow me on social media. We'll have various things that we'll be asking of, of our supporters and learning more. And whatever your profession is, there's some way you can address this. Can you tell your workplace, hey, we don't want 
um, slaughter-based food served at our workplace functions. Um, let's think about the future. Let's start supporting slaughter-free businesses. I think we need to increase access to other options. And right now the, the slaughter-based food industry is not giving us access to these other options. Um, so yeah, support your local slaughter-based, slaughter-free uh, food companies and uh, join, find out more about our honor at ourhonor.org. Music for the show is provided by Bruno Loredo. Follow us on Instagram at the Astrology of Terrible Things, all one word. Music.